0: You know, to put this in Dungeons & Dragons terms, if a good review... Oh, please, let's. Hello, welcome back to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, publishing, marriage, and parenthood. I'm Barry Liga, and across from me is Morgan Baden, and we're going to talk at you now. (laughs) How are you doing?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm good, I'm good. It is almost Thanksgiving as we record this. Mm -hmm. It is Thanksgiving week in these United States.
1: Which I just told you today is my favorite week of the year, yes, probably. Yes,
0: yes. But, uh, you know, for those of you who are are not in these United States, know that this is the time of year when we are thankful for things, and we are thankful for you, our listening audience. Aww. And, uh And seriously, thanks for sticking with us all this time. We're having a lot of fun. Yeah. And we're going to keep doing it. So, thank you.
1: And just a reminder, I remember when we started, and... I was secretly thinking, eh, we'll do about 10 episodes. (laughs) If we hit 10, I'll feel like this was successful, and then we can settle down and go back to it. We're at like 41, 42. We're at
0: 42, 42. which all good geeks know is the meaning of life. I don't get it. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm -mm. Wow. All right. I'll put a note in the show notes. (laughs) It's from the classic Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Yes. 42. 42 is the answer to everything. So... uh, I. We have a lot of stuff that we can talk about, and one of the things I want to talk about is I want to talk about NaNoWriMo, because the month's almost over, so now yeah. let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. What do you think of NaNoWriMo?
1: It's funny. I actually did it one or two years, um, probably really only uh, actively one year, and then the next year I tried again, and this was years ago. So I feel like back then, um, it was just becoming a thing, and it was a really, really helpful exercise for me back then hmm. because it was about like realizing that in order to actually produce a book, yes, you need to write a lot. Yeah. So I think it was one of those, I, I think, especially for aspiring writers who have not yet written a complete something, whatever they're working on, I think NaNo is a good opportunity to A, develop some habits in terms of writing every day or writing every week or whatever, and B, um understanding just how immense an undertaking it can feel like sometimes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think now it's become, um, I know people who still do it. I think it's great. Uh, just because I think, I think it's great anyway for people to be writing like this and for there to be a focus on writing and, and whatnot. Um, but I, you know, Nano is really just step one for aspiring writers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because I think a lot of people, I think people know that more now. Yeah. I think especially when it started uh, for the first several years, people were not aware of that.
1: Yeah.
0: Or perhaps more accurately, didn't think of that, didn't think mm-hmm. beyond the Nano. NaNoWriMo itself. I mean, it was,
1: you know, the joke is that NaNo ends at the end of November. And December 1st, December everybody yeah, gets swamped uh-huh. with
0: really, really, really crappy first drafts. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like the people behind RIMO themselves have tried to get the word out about, yeah. hey, like... This isn't what this down. is about. Right, this isn't yeah. you write a book in November and publish it in December. Right. That's not what this is about. Yeah. Uh, you, you said a lot of things about that make me feel like a bad small human being because I generally <laughs> well, that's my job. I know I generally don't like it. I, I, you know, Wait,
1: I, I just want to, I just want to mark this down that there's there something, something I don't like. Terry yeah. doesn't like that I do.
0: Yeah, I know. Go figure, right? <laughs> or that something that a lot of people like that <laughs> I Barry don't doesn't. like. Go, go figure. <laughs> no, you know, I. I don't know. I I just have so many objections to it. It just it, – it, something about it is very off-putting to me. Okay. And I think a part of it is sort of this idea that, you know, if you have if, – if the only way you're going to write a book is by having the entire internet tell you, go do it, you can do it, eh, maybe you shouldn't be writing a book. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's also the part of it where I'm sort of like – there was no NaNoWriMo when I was writing my first book, you know? Um, and I got through it just fine. If I can do it, anybody can do it. There's that stuff. And also, as we've talked about, I'm not a joiner.
1: Right.
0: I don't like being part of a team. Yeah. And it has taken on sort of a team novel, rah-rah, boom bah, you you-can-do-it sort of mm-hmm. flavor to it. Yeah. That I just find really I, – I just – I have a knee jerk reaction against that. I th- but it's so interesting. the things that you said, the things that you said, you know, that where you were somebody who was going to write a novel anyway and Nano sort of helped give you some structure.
1: Mhm. I think uh, I, I think that's a very that, though, Sure, Go ahead. Because it was more like I had been trying to write a novel for probably 2 years at that point okay. off and on and that's that was the problem was right. the off and on thing sure. where i had stopped and started a bunch of times i had probably 15,000 words of a novel and i found out about nano and i was like okay oh okay i can do this right. like when someone says to me here is the the route you need to follow in order to get to 50,000 words in 30 days right That that triggers something in me.
0: Well, they've laid out the plan for you exactly, and that can be really helpful. Building a house, it's much easier if you've got the blueprints. Yeah, uh, you got to start from scratch. Yeah, sure. But I
1: think it also Nano is interesting because right now this conversation it really plays into um, what is your vision of a writer? Sure. And you know, there's the. I mean, I'm a single introvert, alone (laughs) in a dark room pounding away at a keyboard. Stop all day talking about me. <laughs> Versus, no, I'm open to collaboration and I want to talk about it and I want people to cheer me on and I want to tell everyone that I'm doing it and right. I want them to know that I'm doing it so they can hold me accountable to it. And, you know, so it's just obviously two different sides of the same coin here. Sure.
0: Sure. And, you know, I am fully willing to cop that maybe I'm wrong about this. I just, again, I have this knee-jerk reaction. It just, it's one of those things where it just, it really yeah, bugs me. It's yeah. just, and, and, you know, and people used to ask me, you know, would say, oh, do you do NaNoWriMo? And I'm like, every day of my life is, is NaNoWriMo. NaNo, yeah. Get off my back.
1: I mean, here's the thing. I, maybe this is terrible to say. Yeah. I don't take it. I, I don't take it seriously. Yeah. Like yeah. the people who, this I don't want to say I don't take them seriously, but I know many people who say, I'm doing NaNo this year. And they say things like, you know an alien showed up in my manuscript today. That was funny. Ha ha ha. I don't know what that's, I'm going to do with that right. alien. And you know, and like, it, it's, I really think that probably what, probably 75% of the people doing nano now are just having a little bit of fun. Yeah. And like, yeah. they're not serious about actually finishing a book and, you know, it'd be nice if it happened, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's always the I don't want
0: that. anybody out there listening who does nano to think I'm, Poo pooing them or, oh, or they do or insulting them. Well, but I don't you want them, are. but I don't want them to think that. <laughs> no, I, 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 I just, you know, this is just a personal thing and it's not like I'm out there fulminating against it and trying to end it. You know, I'm not writing my congressman saying, you know, well, you should, you should outlaw NaNoWriMo.
1: You have that. I hate NaNo Twitter account that you. Oh, yeah, right. running.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet there is one. There probably is. <laughs> I bet there probably is. I do not run that Twitter account. I have enough. I have enough just running my Twitter account. <laughs> So, no, but, it, you but, know, it's... but it's interesting because it is sort of about you've got to put in the work. You've got to put in the work. Um, you know, I have I quibble with the idea that you'd have to put in the work for a month. <laughs> I would say oh, it's sure. a lot more than that. But uh, it's interesting because there's a, a guy whose podcast I listen to named Marco Arment. He has a podcast, Accidental Tech Podcast, that he does with two other guys. He's an iOS developer. And, uh, and he, he released an app recently and, uh, some people were very angry at him because the business model for the app was sort of daring okay. where he wasn't charging for it, but he was, he was promoting it under sort of a patronage model ah. where you could donate money to contribute to its upkeep and maintenance. Okay. And there were a lot of people who competed with him who were saying, well, you know, you can only do that. You know, now you're going to get all of our users cause you're free. Um, and we can't do that, but you can do it because you've built up, you know, you've, you've got this reputation and you're okay. like a rock star developer, blah, blah, blah. And he tweeted, he tweeted, I got here with over a decade of hard work building what I have. You can tell yourself you can't do it forever or you can start today. And I just, that, yeah, that's I like something that. that, that I have to remind myself of constantly when I approach something new and I'm terrible at it <laughs> is you know, the people that I see around me who are good at the thing I wish I were good at, yeah. they didn't wake up that morning good at it. They started a long time ago yeah. and got to that point. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if there is a value to something like NaNoWriMo, it is that, you know, it's like, no, start, get yes. started. Yes. Every day you put it off is one more day you suck. Mm-hmm. And th- the sooner you start, the faster you get you good. Get done. Yeah. And the faster you get done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree that I think that its main benefit at this point is just making people realize how much work it takes and that they should start now if they're serious about it. So.
0: And I think that goes for anything. It totally does. Yeah. Certainly, you know, this is about writing. Certainly, I think a lot of people you know, they sit down and they write a few sentences and that's hard. And that is hard when you're starting out, yeah. like writing those first couple sentences. Wow. Uh-huh. Like that's really tough. And I think, you know, then they, they stop and they go, Oh, that's terrible. That's no good. Mm-hmm. That, that was hard. And considering how hard it was, it didn't end out, end up well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't get a lot out of all my hard work. So I'll I guess I'll just away. stop. Yeah. I guess I just won't do it. And, I think, like, no. I mean, you know, that's where I was years ago. That's where you were years mm-hmm. ago. And, which isn't to say that it's easy now, but it's just to say that we are where we are because we started a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's never too soon. It's never too late to start.
1: Yeah. It is funny, though. I'm sort of going through it now with, I, I've started something new. And...
0: We were going to talk about that later, oh, but go ahead. Okay. You well, started something new. I
1: started something new, and I mean, we talked about it last week, and that's very exciting. But I will say, I didn't write at all the month of October.
0: Yeah.
1: Because, partly because October was just a really crazy month. Right. Partly because I wasn't sure what I was going to work on, and partly because I was tired, and yaddy I felt like I deserved a break. But I kept thinking all throughout that month, God, Morgan, if you had just started two weeks ago, you'd already have... 3,000 words Right, and now it's two weeks later and if you had done what you normally do you'd have 10,000 words now and now you still have zero and why would not right. you start a month? you know so right. it's really funny even today I grabbed 20 minutes when the baby was napping we had just come back from the gym you hopped in the shower and I was like well I can sit here and browse Facebook or and I popped out 250 words
0: or you could have joined me in the shower
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, on. but you made the right choice you wrote
1: exactly priority see
0: in this house that's what matters (laughs) did you write nothing else matters it's a baby fed laundry done nope but i wrote all right all is forgiven good choice i support that choice no
1: but seriously this was today was one of those moments again of like when i sat down i thought yes i have 20 minutes which we have talked about on this podcast before right from the beginning 20 minutes Yeah. yeah and uh you know popped it out and I feel really good about that. So anyway, you know, this idea of like, yeah, I should have started two months ago, but I didn't. And here I am. And
0: but now you've started. Yeah. No regrets. You move on. Exactly. Today's day zero. You start from here. You exactly. move on and, and you'll have something wonderful finished. We should point out that this is November. Uh, and, and since Thanksgiving is right around the corner and the holidays are right around the corner, that means that publishing is going into hibernation. So for our listeners out there who are waiting to hear back from their publishers or their agents, just put it out of your mind until January 1st, (laughs) because the fact of the matter is nothing gets done in publishing at this time of year. But
1: is that true? Because seriously, I think, you know, there's this myth of, okay, well, it's summer and publishing dies during the summer. And then it's the holidays and publishing dies during the holidays.
0: It is. I will tell you that August and December, nothing happens anywhere.
1: I feel like August, generally, the whole world goes on a a long vacation. Um, So that's true. But, you know, there's still, I I I still have a whole bunch of work to do. Oh, I know, I know, I know.
0: But you're not an editor.
1: No, I'm not an editor. No.
0: (laughs) You know, I, I I will say that with my first two books, so with Fanboy and Boy Toy, the page proofs, I believe, came to me right at Christmas. Hmm. And I remember, I remember that first book, it was Christmas day and not Christmas day, Christmas Eve day and FedEx pulled up to the house and you know, doorbell rings and I go running out and it's a package from my publisher. And I'm like, wow, "Wow, they sent me, this is awesome. I love being an author. This is terrific. And I ripped it, ripped it open. And, uh, within was the page proofs with a note from my editor saying, Hey, we need these back in a week. Oh,
1: wow. And I'm
0: like. Well, that's what I'm doing for Christmas and New Year's, Uh is page proofs on my novel. That happened two years in a row. Um, Yeah. So, uh, not quite what I was expecting or hoping for. So, you know... That is not a case, though, where they were doing anything. Yeah. That was a case where they were like, "Oh, we're going on vacation. Let's give LIGA something to do while we're gone. <laughs> and uh, sent it off, and, and that was that. But, no, my experience is August and December are just dead in publishing.
1: Uh, uh, I mean, I think it's it's good advice anyway to yeah. tell people to just,
0: yeah. just to enjoy, do what you
1: can do and enjoy, don't worry about it.
0: Enjoy your holidays. Don't don't be like uh, Chevy Chase in, in Christmas Vacation, sitting around waiting for your bonus. Um so you uh, can put it in the pool. So you can put it in the pool because you're going to get the jelly of the month club. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. So yeah.
1: But uh, that's a, it's that was actually a nice reminder for me too. I am still currently waiting to hear from a lot of agents, and you know, it's just a reminder. These things take a long time. Yeah, they take a long. Yeah.
0: They they again the the rule that I said a long time ago is everything takes three times longer than you think it should. Yeah. So uh, we have got just a follow up on a previous episode. We've got some great first lines already we've had a few people send uh, first lines to us they're terrific keep those first lines coming we will read them on the air when we've got a big big group of them uh we cannot wait there we've got some great ones so send them in to us so let us talk about reviews Mm. we both recently read a blog post by krista desire i hope i'm pronouncing that right it could be desire
1: If it is, you know what? I hope it is. I hope it is. It's lacking an E
0: at the end, but Mm -hmm. we're going to say desire. We're going (laughs) to, if it's wrong, we don't care because that should be the name and she should be writing romance novels. But (laughs) anyway, she's a YA author and she wrote a blog post titled, I suggest that you remove the suggestion box, (laughs) which I liked, which was all about sort of owning your negative reviews. Mm -hmm. And she posted two very positive reviews Mm -hmm. and then two very negative reviews. And she talked about all for the same book. Yeah. Yeah. All for the same book. And she talked about how this made her feel. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really, uh, I don't want to say brave because I feel like that's overused, but I just, it was very enlightening. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, it was, it was good for her to do that. I mean, it's interesting for authors to do that. There was a thing a few years ago where I think John Scalzi started this, where the idea was authors should post their one-star Amazon reviews. Oh, that's funny. And at the time, I only had one one one-star Amazon review. I only had a couple books out. But I had one one one-star review, and it was for Boy Toy, and it was really short. The coolest thing about it, first of all, the person accused me of cashing in On the hot trend of teachers sleeping with their students, which if this person could only see how few copies of this book sold, they would know. And that this book almost ended my career. They would know. I was not cashing in on anything. But the funniest thing was she gave me a D minus for writing the book. She gave my publisher an F for publishing it. So she was angrier at them for oh, publishing it really than at me for writing it. So, yes, that was that was my first one-star review. And for a while, it was my only one, and I was kind of happy about that. Yeah. Uh, I was happy that the only one-star review I had was, like, really stupid. Right. You know, because then you could just blow it off. Of course. But sometimes you get bad reviews yeah. that they know where your buttons are, man. They push your buttons.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and, I, and I guess this sort of makes me think a little bit about something we've touched on before, which is this idea that authors should not, cannot, must not, shall not punch back mm, yeah. when, when they get bad reviews. Yeah,
1: I mean, there have been and, several instances. Yeah. And of... and
0: Krista was not punching back no, at no, all. No, no, she no, did yeah. not. I want to make sure people understand that. She was just saying, here's a bad review. Here's how it made me feel. She wasn't saying this person is an idiot for saying this, or they're wrong about this and this and this. Just, oh, wow, like, this made me feel this way. Which is a whole different thing, obviously. But again, it, it makes me wonder, and My desire to punch back on bad reviews has died a long time ago, but it does make me wonder, you know, you've got some people out there who have pretty substantial platforms and the the justification or the rationale for authors not punching back was always, well, authors are in a position of power. They're in an elevated position over these people and it's unseemly to punch down. Uh Uh-huh sometimes it feels like you're either, you would either be punching up or at least punching on the same level. Yeah. You know? And I think about some of like the classic literary feuds that started off because, you know, hoity-toity author A gave a nasty, really horrible review to hoity-toity author B and hoity-toity author B then wrote an op-ed about author A and they go back and forth and, and so Uh on and so forth. And, that was perfectly fine and and we had some really cool stuff come out of it uh-huh. you know we learned a lot about some authors and 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 about the artistic process through that and i'm just wondering i mean you know if if you've got you know 10,000 followers on twitter and there's a book blogger who's got 10,000 followers on twitter and they say something really nasty about your work yeah is it so bad to fire back i
1: i guess that's a personal decision i think that my my rule will be if and when this time ever comes for me that um i wouldn't fire back at someone unless they said something that was incorrect mm. so if they wrote a review and it t- t- mentioned anything that was either factually incorrect from the book or personally incorrect or whatever right. then i would have to ask them to correct it and correct it myself and blah 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 but if i think i think if someone's writing a negative review but it's coming from a genuine place like an authentic I think this book was deeply flawed, here are the reasons why, and and or I think this book is stupid or dangerous or whatever, and children shouldn't read it, or adults shouldn't read it, or Amazon shouldn't sell it, whatever, um, fine, like, someone's entitled to that. You know, your responsibility for the work that you create ends at a certain point, Right.
0: Oh Doesn't it? <laughs> that see, I feel, and, and I feel like that might be a segue into talking about parenthood. Because <laughs> because ju- just as eventually Leia will turn eighteen and and leave the bosom of our house, she will always be our baby.
1: I think it's so cute that you think like I feel like you really think that on her eighteenth birthday, a key just appears and she like exits the door. Well no,
0: I'm kicking her out. <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm joking.
1: <laughs> no, but it's fine. But like she's gonna
0: grow up and she's gonna move.
1: Of course, out. but it is one of those, you know. Obviously, more and more kids stay home much longer, or they go to college right. and then come back. But I'm saying to to- eventually. Eventually, <laughs> I know, but I'm saying it's 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 a process. It's never like one day my kid right. is an adult right. and makes all of her own decisions. It's
0: well, sometimes. <laughs> I think of I think of my brother who literally the day he graduated from college packed up his car and drove to California. Sure. Like just gone.
1: Well, no, no, no. But that's not, that's not my kid became an adult and made all of his own decisions overnight. I'm sure he occasionally called you for counsel or called your mom or called your dad. Like he still struggled with decisions there for a little bit. But
0: that's what I'm saying. Even after, even after you quote unquote, let go of a child, they're still connected to you. You still feel a responsibility. Of course. To them.
1: I don't know if you ever let go.
0: Right. And I sort I'm sort never letting
1: go of that little girl, FYI I sort, of
0: <laughs> I sort of feel the same way about books Like, I put them out in the world, yes But they're still it's still my baby, you know and See, but
1: You don't have any control over it once it's out
0: I Just like I'll have no control over of the course. decision she makes no, Yeah, course, but I, yeah. I'll still feel a responsibility, you know And I'll still feel there will still be an emotional connection I there. just,
1: you know, you're responsible for your art You're not responsible for people's reactions to your art
0: not at all, not yeah. at all. But and, but I, I think, think you it's make a, yourself crazy I, if you
1: try and like. Oh no,
0: oh no. And and and, I and have, I'm saying
1: you collectively. Not your I, I,
0: right, right. I, I like I personally have zero interest in controlling how somebody perceives something that I wrote. Okay. Uh, you know I don't I don't want to stand over people's shoulders and tell them you know oh this part right here make sure you pay attention mm-hmm. I you know or or did you get that part I have no no interest in doing that whatsoever whatsoever. But when somebody says something that is untrue,
1: yeah,
0: or or you know, over the top in terms of nastiness, then yeah, I feel like, no, screw you, you know, and and I feel like I want to say something. I don't, I never do.
1: You know, we talk about this a lot at work, um, when it comes to brands on social media Yeah, and a lot of companies have guidelines that say things along these lines, but the, the general idea is that the goal is that you've built a passionate enough community of fans that they will defend you When someone makes an inaccurate or untrue or incredibly negative statement. Right. Um, So that the brand doesn't need to jump in and say, actually, X, Y, Z. Instead, the community handles it because they're, you've built these great relationships with them. That's ideally what would happen with authors too. So if someone makes a a ridiculous, over-the-top, nasty review, hopefully readers step in and say, you're wrong.
0: I feel like a lot of authors, and I count myself in this category, I feel like a lot of authors don't have a broad enough community mm-hmm. to rely on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think about that sometimes, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what the number is, but I feel like, you know, you need a significantly large number of people actively paying attention to you and invested in you who would jump in and, and do something like that. Mm-hmm. Enough people following you and paying attention to you that, one of them will notice something right. like That's that. Thing, yeah. I mean, I've noticed, you know, when people have said something about me, you know, and and I'll think, oh, gee, you know, I'm not going to say anything because life is too short, but I wonder if somebody else will, and nobody ever has, so... Yeah you know either i don't inspire that sort of loyalty or people think i don't need to be defended like right. that yeah. or or there just aren't enough people interested in my work to have that happen and i know a lot of the authors that i know personally and i'm friends with certainly don't have those communities i agree with you that's the ideal yeah. i think that and i think that's one of the values of social media for for example a brand yeah. is you know if somebody says something about mcdonald's there's a million mcdonald's fans who are going to jump in and go they do not you know make their hamburgers out of ground up puppy you know and and i have documents to prove it
1: yeah it's funny cuz you know i'm a i have a lot of passionate interests and and authors i feel very passionately about and and musicians and even actors embarrassingly the exiles so um But like, I don't know that I, I'm trying to think of currently as the adult that I am now, like, would I go defend vocally on social media uh, a ridiculous review I read about a new book that I loved? I'm not sure that I would. Well, but you know what
0: you you might do. I mean, you use the example of the X-Files as something you're a big fan of. If somebody... Uh, posted an article somewhere saying, you know, Jillian Anderson's acting in the New X-Files is like one of those uh, segmented uh, wooden artists. What are they called? Uh, Armatures. One of those wooden armatures that artists use. Um, That's how bad she is. You might not go into the comments or anything like that. But you might... I
1: might send a tweet and be like, you might You one?
0: might tweet the article and yeah. go, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, Jillian forever. You know, I heart Jillian. Hashtag
1: marry me Jillian. Hashtag
0: marry me Jillian. Yeah. That sort of thing. You might You might, for the next couple of days, every time you see a positive article, make sure you tweet it.
1: Uh, this feel, you know? No, this is still no? very overboard. Really? Yeah.
0: You don't think you would? No, I don't think no? I would. Hmm. Yeah. All right.
1: But I. But listen, maybe as an eighteen-year-old with Tori, I would. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: So anyway, it's it's funny. Okay. So back to the blog post. Yes. Do you actively? I can't remember. Do you like go proactively read your reviews when a book comes out?
0: Um. I generally generally what happens is. You know, if somebody, like, tweets, hey, you know, just read I Hunt Killers by at Barry Liga, I'll go, oh, what the hell? I'll, I'll click on it, you know? Why not, right? Um, and usually it, it's fine, you know? Uh, there are those cases where people will at mention you on Twitter and then say something horrible. But and, so
1: you do read them when someone tags you? Yeah, usually. Okay. Why not?
0: I mean, I, you know, I... They're... In a lot of a lot of times, there are very few atta boys or attagirls in this business. Mm-hmm. You got to take them where you can get them. Mm. Uh, you know, when you're working on the book with your editor, for example, you will hear a lot of "I love this book so much. This book is so great." Blah blah blah. And then the book comes out, and it's on to the next thing, and you don't hear that anymore. Of course. And so it's nice when people out in the wide world say things. Good about your work, of course, and and it you know it it can get you through a rough spots sometimes. Okay. Of course, the danger is that you know uh, if if you know to put this in Dungeons and Dragons terms, if a good review, oh, please let's, yeah, yeah, I figured you would enjoy <laughs> that. If if a good review is you know plus one, then a bad review is like minus ten, uh-huh. and that's the problem, yeah. obviously is that you can read you have to read a lot of good reviews to balance out accidentally tripping over one bad one.
1: And I think she talks about this in in her blog post about even if there even if it's a glowing review and there's one little half a sentence Oh god, yeah. you forget everything else. Yep. And just yep. of course Oh focus. yeah, the
0: the bane of my existence is the review that includes a phrase like despite the blank, this is a brilliant book. Right, it's like, all you focus on is despite the blank. It's like, ah! And I think that's just human nature, obviously, and and it's magnified by the artistic temperament. And and that's why, you know, I just generally try to avoid the bad reviews. Not because I think they're valueless, not because I think those people are idiots, even though they are, but just because I don't like what it does to me. I don't Mm -hmm. like feeling bad, you know? And...
1: I try to remember, this is my, my general reassurance to all writers or all anyone who's producing any kind of anything that is open for public consumption. Think of your favorite movies, your favorite books, your favorite whatever, and go look at what Entertainment Weekly said about them or The Times or Kirkus, whoever. <laughs> Guess what? I usually disagree with like 85% of what every single one of those says. Right. So when I fanatically love a movie and I'll go read a review about it. And that reviewer didn't like it. Do you know what I do? I kind of like shrug my shoulders and go, that guy's a dummy. Right. That's still my favorite movie.
0: I thought you were going to go somewhere entirely different with that. Where? I thought you were going to say, think of, you know, a movie you love, a book you love, a TV show you love, whatever. And did you go out and write a review of it?
1: That's a, that is a great yeah.
0: Because example. most people don't. Don't, yeah. For the most part, people who post things are either rabid, rabid fans. Yeah. Or they hated it. Yeah the middle ground is not people who are indifferent the middle ground is people who re- who, liked it, who yeah. liked it but just didn't feel strongly enough yeah. to say anything about it which you know is its own <laughs> its own damning with faint praise obviously but still you know think about i think about all the things that i enjoy i mean the last time i wrote a fan letter i was probably 15 years old mm. and it was to a comic book you know i
1: actually make it i feel like i make it a point to at least tweet about every book that i'm loving yeah so yeah.
0: And that's valuable. Yeah, yeah. That's valuable. So, anyway. All right. Well, Krista, thank you for doing that. Thank you for bearing your soul. I'm sort of wondering now if I should do something like that. But Mm -hmm. then I feel like I would just be ripping her off.
1: No, well, you can give her a hat tip in your blog post. I could. That's how the internet works there. Huh. Welcome to this crazy and wild world we call online. Wait,
0: is a hat tip like a gif? Like, is there a a guy actually (laughs) tipping his hat? Is that what I need? Because I don't feel like looking that up. All right. Let's talk about about parenting because we were just talking about letting letting your kid go at some <laughs> point, and there's and, and that's very on point to something that you tweeted uh, last week ah. about being afraid, yes. being a parent, and being afraid. And we'll put a link to this in the show notes. It was a great article that you posted about the the world of fear that you live in as a parent. Yes. And appropriately enough, I couldn't focus on the article because there was a picture that accompanied the article of a child crawling on a flight of stairs. Uh-huh. And the picture was taken at such an angle that I couldn't tell if this kid was innocently crawling up the stairs, fine, uh-huh. or crawling headfirst down a really steep flight oh. of stairs, and nobody was about to grab the kid before he fell ass over tea kettle and bashed his head open on the floor. And I'm sitting there staring at this picture going, oh, my like God, help the kid. Save somebody help. save the kid. And, of course, the article is all about being afraid that something yes. horrible is going to happen yeah. to your kid. So that was perfect. Yeah.
1: You know, so, we have that stupid, I actually love it, but it's stupid. It's not. It's, it's a wonderful toy, but I, I'm so annoyed at it. So I'm going to call it stupid. It's an owl. And, and it's wooden. Oh,
0: yeah. That, and yeah. you
1: take it apart. It's like a little puzzle, kind yes. of. But it's got a big old pointy.
0: Well, it's not pointy. It's not pointy. It's it's a wooden dowel. It's It's a wooden dowel at the center of it that you put the pieces over.
1: And she takes them all off and puts it all on and takes it all off and then leaves the dowel in the middle of her playmat. And I literally, every time I walk by it, no matter where it is, I'm like, she's going to trip and fall and it's going to poke her eye.
0: Yeah, she's going to, you're going to put your eye out, kid. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to, it's just the right size to go right through Uh her eye and like spear her brain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. totally.
1: And then I walk through the whole like. Okay, well, if she does it right the second Barry's in the office, I'll just yell at him to go call 911, and right. I'll do this. Like, I, I picture yeah. all these ridiculous scenarios in my head.
0: Well, we have, you know, uh, when you go down the flight of stairs from our apartment yeah. to the landing, before you go down the second flight to the lobby, there's there's a window there in the landing, mm-hmm. and it has uh, iron bars on it. Yes. And, um... There's there's horizontal bars and then there are these two vertical bars and the two vertical bars stretch past the horizontal bars so it's not like a grid it's more like a tic tac toe board yeah okay every time I carry Leia down the (sighs) stairs I think if I trip here she's gonna go flying right and impale herself on those things uh, yeah every single time parents
1: are crazy yeah
0: parents are crazy I heard I understand why the world is so (laughs) up now because. By and large, it's run by parents.
1: Yeah, and we're all nuts. And
0: we're all insane. Yeah. We're crazy people. Ugh.
1: Seriously. I remember when uh, Melissa Walker told me that after she had her first baby, she said, the, the and I'm paraphrasing here, Melissa, correct me, but she basically said, the problem is once I had her, I realized I was just going to be worried about everything for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I am an anxious enough person. And now it is just compounded. And I try to let go. Like I, you know, there are definitely moments, and there were definitely things, especially in her early days, where I try, I was much more um, hippie and relaxed than I thought I would be, and that was awesome. But I, I see danger everywhere.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, you know, I have to leave the house with her at least once a day. Sometimes, t- <laughs> usually twice a day. And I walk. So I walk down the stairs yeah. twice a day. Every single time.
1: You think? Yeah. I'm.
0: I'm like inching down the steps yeah. because I'm like, if I trip here, like <laughs> I've over. just killed my baby.
1: I keep thinking about, uh, well, two things I want to say. Number one is every, everyone jokes that I, I think the sort of standard joke is if your baby hasn't fallen off your bed yet, you're a liar.
0: Right, right. There was right. the line was, uh, I think it's from the article where they say there are two kinds of parents, yes. those whose babies have fallen off the bed and those who are lying right. about it.
1: And, I think of that every time she is on a bed (laughs) because... I mean, knock on wood, she hasn't fallen right. off a of bed, right. but I know, and I, again, I know it's totally standard and I can tell you the very, very funny um, jokes from my family, things that have happened to us as babies and right. we are all fine. Sure. Um, well, my I mean, twin sister literally fell out of the car <laughs> as it was moving
0: <laughs> Wow!
1: <laughs> and into the road and she is fine.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. That. that could explain some things.
1: Babies are very resilient. Yeah. But, um, I
0: mean, Hey, look, I'll admit here on the show. Months she ago, it? she she jumped right out of my she lap. Did, yeah, it was the I am I am like my palms are sweating uh-huh. right now thinking about it. It was the most horrifying moment of my life on this planet. She I was sitting in her little rocking chair with her. She was sitting on my lap. I was reading to her. Mm-hmm. I had one book that I was reading and another book sitting aside. And she decided she wanted the other book and she leaned for it. And I moved to stop her from leaning for it. Because I, ironically, thought she was going to fall. <laughs> and as soon as I moved to stop her, she suddenly decided she wanted the original book. Oh. And spun around. And her big old head just took her. And oh. she went right down onto the floor. Landed right on her forehead. Yeah. Rolled over. And I I screamed at the top of my lungs, oh my god, no. Wow. Like, like, yeah. I mean, and she was silent for a second. And then she just screamed. Of course. And I... I mean, yeah, I was a mess. I, I, mean, I
1: remember that phone call. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I mean, I grabbed her, obviously, and immediately went and called the pediatrician. I yeah. took her in. She was fine. She is fine. Everything was fine. I do remember I had an inkling she would be okay because we've talked before on the show about how she's <laughs> obsessed with Siri. Well, I was holding her, and my phone was on the table, and I didn't want to let go of her with one hand mm-hmm. to pick up my phone, so I just said, hey, Siri, to get... To you know, and those are get,
1: her two favorite And, words and As soon English as language. I
0: said that, she stopped crying and she looked over at the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, Oh, she's fine. I thought, She's gonna be okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but the second thing I wanted to say was in the book A Little Life, um, this is not a spoiler at all. Uh, there's a, a character whose son died as a child, and he says in somewhere in the book about something about a parent's worst fear is their child. Dying, right. right? And there was almost a sense of relief when his ch- this character's child died because he thought that's it. That is the worst that's thing that will worst ever, happen, will to ever
0: happen to me. Yeah. And it's
1: done, and yeah. I'm I'm surviving it.
0: Yeah.
1: But it, you know, and I, I don't need to worry about that anymore. Like that single greatest fear of mine has come true, so I don't have to worry about it, and that's kind of freeing in a weird way. I'm totally paraphrasing. That's not how. No.
0: Yeah. yeah but
1: but I think about that a lot because yeah, there's a lot of fear as a parent, Yep. Yeah. especially you know I. I was crying a lot during the Paris attacks. And part of it is because, like, what are we... You know, I I just don't want our kids to grow up in a world where these things happen. But
0: But as I tell you...
1: These things have always happened.
0: These things have always happened. Yes, they have. These things have always happened. So, all right. That was a happy topic. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to recommended reading slash what are you reading now? Morgan, what do you recommend and or what are you reading now?
1: I am... Okay, so this is really funny. I'm rereading the first full book I ever wrote.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Because I
1: wanted to decide if I was going to um, work on it, essentially. This was a book that it has a sort of long history in that um, I sort of got an agent with it. This was years ago. And... The woman the young woman said she was my agent and we met for coffee and Oh well then
0: she's your agent. Well wait, wait, did she pay for coffee? She did. Well then she's your agent.
1: (laughs) And she said that the book was out on submission (laughs) and then she fell off the face of the earth. (laughs) earth. Really? Yes. And I would email her and nothing. Do I
0: know this person?
1: No, I don't think so. Yeah, she did she's (laughs) sounds like somebody I know. She's not an agent anymore. Luckily. And Um, It was this, there's a whole podcast episode around Morgan's agent experiences over the last eight years.
0: We may have to do that.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so long story short, I haven't read this book in probably six years and I was like, oh, eh, five years. And I was like, let me take a look because I had an idea for using some of the characters and a little bit of the setting for this new thing that I'm working on. Um, So I'm reading it and it's really funny because... It's just it's kind of a hoot to like read an old thing that you wrote that you sort of forgot. I forgot a lot about it. Um, A, I think it's better than I remembered it being. Like I'm not embarrassed by it. That's always good. Yeah. And uh, and B, I'm getting a lot of inspiration for my new work from it. Good. Good. Yeah. Cool. Cool. How about you? What are you reading?
0: Um, Well, I'm doing a lot of prep work right now. I'm actually in January and February going to be teaching an online course for Arizona State University on revision, which those who know me will find this ironic because I do nothing but complain about revision.
1: If you do it at all. If I do it at all.
0: So I will be, I will be, uh, I I will be teaching this class. I'm doing a lot of prep work for that right now, but I, I did just read the very beginning, the first short story in the new Stephen King anthology.
1: Ah.
0: And, um, it was kind of weird. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm going to have to read. I mean, fortunately it's an anthology. So if you don't like one story, read the next one and it'll probably be good. But it was a very strange story to start the anthology with. It was very much a, you get to the end and sort of shrug your shoulders and go. And, Uh, (laughs) um,
1: do you know though? I mean, I am not a short story fan. Yeah. I I just don't like them. Like as a blanket rule, which I know sounds terrible because, and I've read some, award-winning short stories by amazing authors. And I read them and without fail, 90% of the time, as I finish a short story, I go, and? Yeah. You Where know, is the story? That
0: That yet? is sort of, you know, this whole, uh, what the Iowa Writers Workshop influence mm-hmm. on short fiction in, in the modern era. This idea of these stories that are sort of, you know, that meander their way towards yes. an epiphany and then end. Yes. And you just, you're like what? Yeah. what 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 was the point of this? Why did I read this? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Um there there are ways to write short stories that are more entertaining than that.
1: I don't I would I would actually be very open to Uh, recommendations from people on short stories yeah
0: there you go send us your favorite first lines of books and also send us recommendations for great short stories that morgan should read we're
1: making you guys do a lot of work
0: that's the point of a podcast you make the audience (laughs) do the work for you and on that note we will wrap up for the week we will see you all next week
1: happy thanksgiving happy
0: thanksgiving to those of you in the states to the rest of you
1: have a great thursday have a
0: great thursday yeah i hope it's not too cold wherever you are We will be back next week. Please visit us online at writinginreallife.com. Follow us on Twitter at at WIRL podcast. You can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can rate us in iTunes. We love that. And seriously, send us your first line. Send us short stories Morgan should read. You have nothing else to do over Thanksgiving. Just do it. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody.
1: Take care.